So, Rodney, TikTok. <laughs> you TikToking me TikTok. right now? Listen, I love the pseudo twins, but like from from my perspective in life, between you and the pseudo twins, I got on TikTok. Now, mm-hmm. you know TikTok. Oh, I love TikTok. I love TikTok. It makes me laugh. Three hours gone every day. More I don't know. Than most things in my life. Like I just I just I thoroughly enjoy TikTok. But as a disclaimer, you will get addicted if you download TikTok. It's really important to set boundaries. Really need yep. to think about it. You need to set boundaries. They'd be like 20 minutes at a time and stick to it. Like set a timer because you just keep going. And if if you're on TikTok ever, you got to do a search for Dr. Thaddeus. Get your Game of Thrones on. I'm telling you, TikTok. T-I-K-T-O-K. TikTok. You TikToking right now? I'm TikToking. Welcome to the More In Common Podcast. This is a place where we explore the fact that we have more in common than which divides us by anchoring humanity and compassionate conversation. My name is Marvin Ellis. I'm a filmmaker, entrepreneur, and avid listener of the show. And I am more than excited to introduce today's episode for you guys. The guys at More In Common got me interested in what they talk about based on their views on self-care and made me realize that my own self-health not only benefits me, but those around me. Now remember, you can find all things More In Common at moreincommonpod.com. That's other episodes, merchandise, blogs, and more. Of course, if you like what you hear, don't hesitate to give a five-star review on your favorite podcast app and tell anybody who will listen. Let's get more ears on these amazing conversations. So share, share, share. On today's episode, as part of 2020, A Decade Possible, this is season three, A Process. Today, the guys are on with Greg Dupree, Greg is a barber to the stars and has a lot of amazing insight into a lot of hot button issues right now, especially like being black in America and having to always prove your self-worth. I also like his take on toxic masculinity. It definitely hit close to home. So I'm going to stop yapping. You guys are going to enjoy the show. So go ahead. You know, you already pressed play. Let it ride. Yeah. Before we get into it, I just want to talk about audible.com because I love it. I do audiobooks all the time when I'm driving around LA. It's how I love to, it's, it's my preferred way to get books in, frankly. Specifically, I want to talk to you about Neil Gaiman's The Sandman. It's coming to Audible July 15th. Now, I've put off reading this graphic novel and the series of novels because, well, I just got a lot going on, but I'm going to get it. It's in my pre order list right now. Uh, You should think about it. If you've never used Audible, you get a free book and you can go to our website and click the link and use that to get your free book. We do get a little on the back end and we appreciate you for the support. So Neil Gaiman, I would also say Norse Mythology, really good book. The Audible book is actually read by Neil himself. I really appreciate how he puts his personality into the writing. A little bit funny, 
uh, some new stories or, or twists, new twists on stories uh, from the Norse world that my fantasy nerd self likes. Yeah, yeah. But the audacity of this man yeah, yeah. to look at me i'm a grown-ass man i have gray in my beard i like cheese a 25 year old son in february you're gonna tell me you're gonna ask me i'm not going to work today you're you're not at work so i cannot you cannot no, be like, at work I have, I, yeah. I have to be at work Welcome back to More in Common. Today we are with Craig, Greg Dupree. He almost said Craig. He, it happens so often. Does My it? name is Greg, Craig, Gray, Fred, Greg. anything but Greg. So I have to <laughs> introduce myself as Gregory so people understand. <laughs> you got to go full Gregory. <laughs> yeah, full yeah, My name is Gregory. Greg, welcome to the show, man. Man, man, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. It's been a while. It's been a long time coming. Yes, for sure. For yeah. Sure. Glad you're here. So we were having a good conversation about self-care and something that you, you like that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. It's something that I'm very interested in. Keith and I just actually, well, who, we don't know where I mean, this will actually go. A while ago, we recorded a, a, one of our daily chronicles. It's it's the thing that we do that chronicles our, our life, right. the journey to do whatever we need to do. And um, we talked about self-care. Yeah, it's, it's important, it but is. it's hard to focus on. What uh? What are you, what? What's your focus on it right now, or why even? Um. Well, me being a barber, and a barber at the level that I am, you uh, I tend to give so much to people. I'm mm. uh, I'm constantly dishing out uh, energy or being uh, saturated by someone else's energy, but uh, would would neglect my neglect my own. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. by that time, uh, at the end of the day, I'm usually like spent, for lack of a better word. And uh, I just, I just had to really, uh, like we were talking yesterday, to mm-hmm. reflect. So I had to sit back and reflect on myself and just, just find oh, inner yeah. peace. Make sure that I'm, I can only be good to people if I'm good with myself. Does this is it a personality? So you mentioned the profession being a part of it, but is it a personality trait for you as well? Um or yeah like um, i it's it's so crazy because i um uh, like we were talking about triggers of memory mm-hmm. yesterday there was a trigger of memory for me to um i was having a conversation with my lady um we were talking about uh uh habits of men and uh uh character good or bad and things of that nature mm-hmm. and i rec- i can recall the first time being told that i was too nice hmm by a woman, a grown woman. Oh, I was like 10. Really? A grown woman told me, because there was this girl I really liked. 10? A girl I really liked. I could say her name. I remember this very, very vividly. And uh, I was just like, I couldn't understand why she wouldn't. You know, I was just, you know, I'm a nice guy. I'm doing everything, you know what I'm saying? Giving her half of my coffee cake and all this <laughs> other stuff. and But she would choose to, <laughs> to like the guy that's peeing on the monkey bars. And I just couldn't understand it. And, uh, the, the teacher, she was, uh, she actually said to me, she hesitated. She said, uh, 
Gregory, you know, I, I don't want to tell you this, but I, you know, you're just too nice. And so with that, a teacher, a teacher told me that. Huh. And so with so this is the whole nice guys finish last. Yeah. So subconsciously, I guess that stuck with me mm-hmm. um, to develop a character that was outside of myself that was just a little bit more brash that could, you know, you know, just get things done. Okay, so this kind of gets into toxic masculinity a little bit. Yeah. So the, the, the nice guys finish last thing. I remember, I don't remember exactly when I heard it, but I was definitely young. Mm-hmm. And and I remember being confused by it because I was a pretty, I still am a pretty nice dude. Mm-hmm. So feeling like that result, like, oh, did I not get that because I was too nice? Um, it seems to perpetuate the culture that says, well, I got to just do what I got to do. I got to be dickhead or whatever to go get what I want because they're winning. And then we can talk about what's winning and what's success. But like, what are y'all? I don't know. Like, what else? Yeah. At 10, especially when a teacher says it, right? Like it brings. So let let me ask you a question because I have thoughts and this. It's fascinating because I've had that same thing my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I think about those times where that mentality that was projected on me that I assumed led to behavior that I found repugnant, right? Like I had to be this person. Like there are some very specific examples that Rodney knows about that I won't share on air, but I had to be this person to, to demonstrate that I'm not a nice guy. So I could move through life in a, in a positive way. And it turns out this is, the way that no one wants you to move through life because you're it's just totally counterproductive i'm curious you said you had to develop that personality like to get things done did you develop that productively like what what does that mean develop that to get things done and what has it meant for you in your life well um i would say it was a defense mechanism for me uh, mm. particularly so i wouldn't find myself um getting taken advantage of advantage of or uh pushed around or just showing a a little bit more assertiveness you know what i'm saying other than and and let me tell you i literally just had this aha moment maybe it hasn't even been a week i literally was just talking to my lady oh wow because it came it can't it was just like it, it was a trigger and it just realized i was just like real i just realized that this whole time i've i've been it's Oh, because like I was talking about how my lady, we share the same birthday. We're both mm-hmm. both cancers and we share the same birthday. So she's like the female version of me. Uh, people always, when we got engaged, it like no one has anything negative to say about my lady. No one. Mm-hmm. Like if you have something negative to say about her, every, people are going to look at you like, yeah, you're, you're crazy. Like, And everybody is just like, oh, she's so awesome. And la, 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 la. And I, you know, I make a joke with her just like, well, why did everybody just love you? Like I, like you get on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> like we laughing, and she's like, "I'm just trying to teach you how to be a better person." Anyway, here's the thing: I say to her, like, I what she is is in her purest form. Me as well. It's what you feel. So I just I so that just it just occurred to me that there was this bravado that I had to demonstrate to, especially in the, in the field that I am, I'm around men all the time. Like 
you just can't really just be a nice gentleman around guys all the time. Like, you know what I mean? Which you actually can, but you can, but, but it's the class of the it, men you're around. The class, but also, yeah, and 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 you would have to develop some thick skin, even around the class system, because they'd be like, "Come on, man, like toughen up." Like, and and actually, I, I mean, I don't know if this is a cancer thing, but like that's a the the tough skin for me. It's like all or none. Yeah. So it's like I can't just have a thick enough thick enough skin to not let it phase me. Yeah. It's like I got to be deadened. Yeah. Or completely vulnerable. Or it's gonna bother me. Yeah. And it's gonna get and I won't be able to survive. What up? Wait. So you just said something. You said her purest form is also in you. Yes. So is that what? So does that um, inform? So you're trying to figure out what the difference is, like what the delta is between her her niceness and like her personality and yours. No, I, I don't have to figure it out. I know what it is. It's, oh. it's, it's that I hate to say it. I don't want to sound like she's a woman. So mm. she's able to be her purest self as a, as she's a, able to, she's closer to it than she's closer to like, than I, like I'm, I, I'm aware of it. Yeah, you do. We were talking about Eckhart Tolle yeah. yesterday. Yeah. You definitely. So he talks about this. He talks about women being closer to source. Yeah. To God, to earth, to yes. themselves. Yes. And so that's kind of like what you're. No, I, I, I totally agree. I, um, but I've always been aware of it. But at the same time, it's just not something that I was able to uh, wield with like with purpose. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's weird. I can't I can't really uh, bring it into like uh, it's still fresh. Yeah, it's still fresh. Literally, it's still yeah. fresh. Oh, I'm just like, God, there's so much. This idea that you develop this defense mechanism, now you've come to this realization, right? Like, do you think if you hadn't developed that mechanism, and I have a, a specific thought on this and why I'm asking, but would you have met your fiance? Do you think you would have met her? And I don't mean all of the, okay, no, maybe, I, hard, but like just the, I literally, itself. I literally took that breath because honestly, I would not have. Yeah. Sure. Why do you say that? Because, because of that, that mechanism, uh, that defense mechanism, mechanism that I, uh, developed that character, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. that was honestly like, uh, a big shortcoming of mine led to a lot of uh bad decisions and uh like carelessness and mm. through that like uh there i don't know if you saw this uh this will smith uh interview he did with the breakfast club where he's talking about with him and martin lord i didn't yes. see it yet I, you're the second person in three days to tell me i need to see it bro it gave me it literally gave me um goosebumps because like i said as i had that aha moment then i watched the i was just telling my lady about this and then I watched that interview and he said it. And it was exactly what I was feeling where he's talking about you develop this character to move oh, about through life. The persona. Persona. And then becomes you become uh, anxious, uh, uncomfortable, just just all around like almost like melancholy because you're not being living to your true self. Mm. And then you end up, you say, are you willing to kill the character? So Rod knows within like the last 
four year, four to three years, my character character got killed, and and she met me as my true self, and here we are. It's um, mm. I was listening to this performance coach. He 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 deals with like a lot of athletes, mm-hmm. and he was talking about he uses personas for athletes to help it perform at another level. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, depending mm-hmm. on what their mental state is, and he uses Sasha Fierce as the example. Oh, with well, Beyonce. Yeah, yeah, because she grew up in the in the church and was used to being you know buttoned up and like going on stage wearing what she's wearing. Beyonce was foreign to her; like she couldn't get into it, mm-hmm. and it was very uncomfortable. It wasn't her, mm-hmm. so she created Sasha Fierce because Sasha Fierce could do it. Mm-hmm. And then she stopped using Sasha Fierce, mm-hmm. and they. I don't. I gotta look up who. This performance coach, I gotta look up his name, but then he referenced somebody. He said, um, "The greatest day, one of the greatest days in your life, is when you meet your persona, mm-hmm. and then you can shake the hand, and then you don't, and then you can say to him, I 'I don't, I don't need you I don't anymore.' Need you anymore. Yeah, yeah, for real. That's it's the it's the truest thing. It's so crazy because like I knew my lady, but it was just she wasn't she was never on my radar. I had so many other things going on that. I guess, you know, other options or, you know, yeah. other responsibilities or whatnot. But truly, I believe that everything happens for a reason. And because of I was able to burn the character that I or this persona that I had made, that's why I'm able to uh, live in live in love and life with her. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. I, it's uh, there's this impact that we all have on the world around us when we assume our reality is everybody's reality. Yes our sphere of influence at such a young age is very small and like i'm a firm believer that maybe we talk about vibes all the time the vibes that your true self can put out will be caught by other people who share that vibrational frequency oh yeah most definitely and and also the other selves like i mean because those attract too though they do like the ones that you manufacture but if it's right and you're putting them out at such a young age and your ecosystem is small, you're potentially not likely to, to get reverberation, right? Like from this teacher who seems to think for whatever reason that there is this particular way to be a boy, a guy, a man, mm-hmm. right? That is, you know, not too nice. And it's one thing to teach skill set, like, hey, you're a nice guy, like, and you should embrace that and use that. But so you don't get taken advantage of, you got to learn how to do a few other things right. versus that internalization to say you as a person are bad because you're too nice, right? Like that's the right, that's right. the the receiver, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And it and it's such a it's such a thing in, in human existence where we love to judge. And then project our judgments onto other people who don't meet our expectations. And when people do that to kids, it boggles my mind, right? Like, don't do that is kind of my my thing to the audience. Like, our audience probably wouldn't, well, but don't. Well, that's right? a big assumption because you have to be aware that you're doing it in the first place. That too. Like, like, like that, that statement that she made for her is probably very innocuous and also very yeah. true. Very like, true. it's not untrue. Right. It doesn't mean that you should be propagating it to right. the next generation. But, but like he said, though, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a skill set that, like, she's articulating something. Yeah. But she was clearly right. uh, incapable of, like, expounding or teaching. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Her, 
the, her toxic traits, like she might be attracted to a guy that has felonies or whatnot like that. <laughs> and she's, yeah. she's just like, well, these girls, that's what right. they like. You know, that's what women like, bad boys. And I'm just like, why? Like she, she bought into it. So she's selling it to me. Like, yeah. this is what you need to get the girl. So you said about a week ago, like, this, this all started to, to come together yeah. for you. Like, what triggered it? So, like, how did this happen? Oh, so, uh, honestly, I've been, like, like, on this journey, I've been, uh, listening to more podcasts, um, reading more and just, uh, getting, getting experience, just learning, trying to learn from other people's experiences. And then through conversation, uh, like Rod and I were talking about that'll, there'll just be a trigger that would like you, he was talking about, um, uh, you said that you had a, was it your dad or your coach that you, that you were playing basketball with? He was like, you, you, uh, you guys were talking about, we were talking about basketball yesterday. Oh, when I was talking about my dad changing the rules on me? Yeah, changing the rules on me. He's like, I don't remember it happening like that. But yeah. since you just brought that up, I do remember <laughs> you used to change the rules on me. That's how you did yeah. that with it. But yeah, there's like triggers in conversation. Um, A lot of times, I believe as humans, um, you will compartmentalize uh, a memory for whatever reason it is. But sometimes through uh, through escaping, uh, just on being on your own self journey, you'll break down that barrier, and then you'll have that that aha moment, and that's that's what happened to me. And I and it, it, I'm telling you, it's all happened within the like last not even seven days. That's just these 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 thoughts, these memories, these these uh, triggers for me have just like I was like, oh, that's I remember that. Yeah, that's why, mm -hmm. and it makes sense. Um, and what's it like? Like uh, right now? It's I mean, liberating actually to live like in the truth and know it, and being able to articulate it to my lady. Um, hmm. She's someone that I uh, I truly. She's probably the only person that I trust wholly, um, and I could truly be honest with her about a multitude of things. I believe, uh, honestly, honesty should build like bonds between people. Mm -hmm. It goes back to what we were talking about. How, how do you uh, navigate through tough conversations? Oh, yeah, yeah. I believe honesty is like, because if someone could, you don't have to like what someone says to you. Right. But you should be able to receive it and at least respect the fact that they're telling you the truth. Mm -hmm. And so then I always try to bear witness to that. It's mm -hmm. good. I, I, I um, commend you for that. Like that trigger, and then doing something about it isn't easy. Nah, no, right? Especially, especially for men, especially men black men. men. Who have built mm -hmm. No, black men have yeah. a lot of trauma that they don't uh, discuss or know that they're even <laughs> traumatized by. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know. You don't know that you're <laughs> you're not uh, living your quote unquote best life um, until you experience it. Mm -hmm. experience better so yeah. yeah well let's take a step back then like we talked about when you were mm -hmm. 10 where did you grow up what was what was that and the environment around you that ultimately led to maybe some more of these defense mechanisms? so um i i actually had a pretty amazing uh childhood um my mom she worked for uh northrop grumman for over 30 years 
Um, my dad, he was in trucking. He has his own like trucking company or whatnot. Uh, they were married. Um, I don't recall that marriage, but because it ended early on in my life. Mm. Um, uh, just you know, uh, nothing typical. We uh, we had a uh, we had a, a, a modest home in uh, South Central LA, um, but I. I grew up uh, on the west side of LA and off of like uh, Fairfax and Adams. Um, schooling wasn't really the greatest over there. Uh, about the second grade, I was kind of a problem child. Really couldn't read that well. My mom, she was, she was proactive. I thank God, and uh, took the steps for me to get a proper education. Uh, transferred me to like a, a private school. Um, in that private school, uh, second grade day assessment test, whatever. So I go, oh, Gregory, you know, you can't really read that well. And uh, would you like to go back to the first grade? And I'm like, yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so that happened. Uh, changed my life for the better. Yeah. That, although that is where I learned that I was too nice. Um, mm. Oh, when you went back? When I got to the private school, yeah. when I went back to the first grade. Yeah. So I stayed, this school was so small, it might have been 150 students mm-hmm. from first to eighth. Damn. Right. Uh-huh. So, Damn, yeah, so fine. I stayed there uh, until I think the fifth or sixth grade, maybe. Excuse me. Um, man, a lot of life lessons, experiences there. Uh, Dr. Camille Cosby and Bill Cosby were on the board of edu- uh, advisors there. Um, Bill Cosby's uh-huh. brother was like one of my uh, most influential teachers wow. ever. Um, and uh, from there, I went to, I ended up getting bused uh, to the Valley. I was going to Patrick Henry in, in, in Granada Hills. Um, that became problematic for me because that was like the first time I really experienced like racism. racism. Oh, that was the first time? That was the How first old? time. So that was I like was sixth like grade? 13. 14, 13 or 14. Yeah. How uh, so? Like, what happened? Uh, this, uh, I remember his name. His name was. <laughs> and he, uh, we were actually kind of cool. I guess I thought we were cool, but he, he, uh, we were just kids tolerating each other. And he was like your quintessential, like, essay, cholo, whatever. And mm. he, uh, he called me a nigger. Oh yeah, yeah, and man, like you know, not that there's a positive way necessarily. He didn't say. No, he didn't say it wasn't the guy. It was the girl. It was the girl. Yeah, he was and and I just remember, I was just like, wow. That's... Is this like the welcome to school? Like yeah, first day. This is how this is how it goes, and uh, so a fight ensued. It was low key, almost like a race riot. I think it was. And <laughs> uh, wait, so how? You're like you're tall. You're a big dude. Yeah. How so were you tall was, then? Were you yeah, always? Yeah, I was like always. A big a lot, I was always uh, taller than most. Okay. Uh, I was uh, at that time. I was really into sports. Uh, I had planned to go to Granada Hills High to play football, but that didn't work. I ended up going to Hamilton, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a whole other environment for me, um, where I uh, honed like my like intellect and English. I actually. As, as, as often as I get told that I'm well-spoken, mm. my girl, when she first met me, she was surprised at how 
well spoken I was. I thought that was <laughs> funny. I was like, "What are you? We're gonna talk about that." That's hilarious. But that's gonna come. But yeah, uh, I actually hated the English language. And uh, really, but, yeah. Why? Do you know why? I don't. I don't. Versus what? Like you just hated. I guess maybe just the the the, at that time like that wasn't on my mind as a you know as an adolescent Mm -hmm. your you know hormones and everything just like sitting down writing and Mm -hmm. trying to articulate learning learning learning, like you know the participles yeah yeah yeah, man I can just talk can I just talk (laughs) okay real quick before we go too deep on this so you started a race right because you got called a nigger and then there was a there's there's that so did you get in trouble yeah i wasn't um they didn't allow me to walk i graduated but i couldn't walk really yeah because of that what about him because of that yeah what about him um i don't know but interesting it's not like y'all talked huh huh it's not like y'all talked after that yeah 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 but i do know that he um eventually killed someone and ended up going to jail oh i think he's in jail right now see how see how life works huh So they we wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, this is a fact. They wouldn't let you walk. Yeah, that was the. Pen- they didn't suspend you or anything. They just wouldn't let you. I do believe I got suspended. Um, it was the cra- I, now. It's the funniest thing. See triggers. Yeah. As you have me thinking about this moment, I remember um my mom having to come to the school. I got suspended having to come to the school. Um. Uh, and uh, they pulled my records. Uh of my test scores, things mm-hmm. of that nature, because they, they're trying to figure out, like, Can they well, get you why? out of school? Is it because it, it, he's bad at school? What kind of guys? You know, they always go, go back to your, your, you know, your paper trail, yeah. so to speak. And I remember the funniest thing was they looked at my records and they saw how off the charts my test scores and things were. And then... Okay, so we started talking about this yesterday, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but we were talking about uh, when you go to the grocery store mm-hmm. and there's a... There's some young white girls mm-hmm. selling Girl Scout cookies. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll take a couple boxes. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the same grocery store the next day, and there's two black men or one mm-hmm. selling Snickers, mm-hmm. like for my basketball team or for my football team. It's like, uh, you don't is play that a no scam? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that? Are you really scam? How old are you? Like, yeah, old? But like, where do you go to school, man? He's got to sell me on his credibility. Even if he has a table and he's set up and his school flag is on it, he's got and he's got to sell me on his credibility. Good. And you, good. Prop Keith, you. No, I'm more You're likely me. to get to more to buy a candy bar from the the random kid walking around with a box of candy huh. bars. No, no matter what race they are. Yeah, um, especially if they're black. So you're more prone. You're more prone reasons. to do it for black. Yeah, I don't like buying Girl Scout cookies, and I'll tell you why. One, um, he's not gonna just buy a box of chocolate to go hustle from. So, like, how, wh- who's his supplier? His mom, right, like the grocery store. What, what kid, right, yeah, but you've got this like nice box. It's not usually just a handful You're talking about of the, the rubber made, right? the rubber like, rubber made blue box. Yeah, he's not walking around like a ziplock bag, <laughs> like like frankly. <laughs> Dehive and like people did in college, in high school, like you know people walking around selling yeah, candies. That's right. So he, usually it's this nice box. It's sectioned off. Like 
it's been supplied to him in mm-hmm. some form or fashion, right? So I, I always look at that regardless. And to me, it's like, okay, nine out of 10 people that you're going to approach are not going to mm-hmm. buy your candy, right? Because of that reason. What? I mean, Girl Scout cookies, they have mass distribution. They've got door-to-door that no one's going to have a problem answering. You they've got probably use Apple Pay right? because Girl Scout yeah, you, you've got all the grocery stores that everybody allows for it. So they don't need my money. Um, and I don't eat candy. This actually happened to me in Chicago. And I was back for a wedding. I think it was last June. And I was up on the, this rooftop grocery store eating lunch with a buddy of mine. And these kids were walking around selling candy. And no one was buying it from them. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, here, worst case scenario, it's a scam. And I got a right, candy right, bar right. out of it, right? Like, okay, so what? It's not like it's. And this is really interesting because, like, obviously my bias is showing here, but it's like <laughs> yeah. now it's really showing. It's like, all right, so let's say it is a scam. Right. There's a lot of scams in the world. If the scam that they choose is to hustle candy bars, like the hard way mm-hmm. in a parking lot, like it could be That's a lot a hard worse. Thing to do. Now, like now I'm thinking, like, huh? Like, like, he could be. They think they have a, a lot worse of a scam. I have this saying, I'm embarrassed to say, uh, when I said, well, you know, whatever keeps him from robbing me. So if he's going to rob me with a candy bar, I'll just. <laughs> that's what it is. You know, I, really, I don't really say that out loud, but it, it, that's how that's kind of how terrible. I but it like it. But it goes to the point like. They started pulling your records. Yeah, I, I wonder and I don't really wonder, but I'm wondering out loud. If Keith was in that fight, would they have pulled, pulled his, his records? records? You know, here's another thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it deeper than that. Do you think that they pulled the guy that I was in altercation with uh, records? Probably because he's brown too. Yes. Yes. But it was the let me tell you the the aha moment on their faces when they realized that my cubes have been integrated with someone else's. Mm. They was like, oh, these are. I was like, yeah, that's that's not mine. It's like, oh. but my question is like, why does that even matter? And did they even talk about like what happened, like what he said, what he did? Really? Why you def- defended yourself? It was um, they did have the conversation, but it wasn't a conversation. I actually remember the guy, the the assistant principal. I remember him. He was a guy. He looked. He looked like an assistant principal, like the yellow shirt, short sleeve, brown tie, glasses, white male. You know, at that yeah. time he was taller than me, so he was probably like six two, six three. Yeah. Um. Uh, he was a cool guy, a fair guy. I remember. I can say that he was a fair guy. Um, but yeah, not really. It was a. And now, mind you, we're talking like ninety four, ninety five. Mm-hmm. So truly, not the most racially conscious time. Not really the time where they would people were prepared or because he's an older white man. So I'm pretty sure he's not, he's uncomfortable with talking about race. Like, oh, oh, we're there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, which is kind of like something uh, that was kind of like glazed over, I, I think. I mean, I would guess they checked the other dude because he said Raphael, whatever, like yeah. he was Latino, right? So I'm guessing. Yes. And the it's just like if somebody punches you in your mouth, why do your test scores matter if you got in a fight? Sure. It's my thought. And I'm like, 
But if you're brown, it matters because you have to prove that you belong here. You belong here, one, two. And how are you performing here? Yeah. Are you frustrated because your lackluster uh, test scores? Yeah. Are you frustrated because you can't gather what, what's going on in here yet? No, that's not the... I'm frustrated because he called me a nigga. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's, yeah, it's <laughs> like, at a place where I'm supposed to like, come well, I'm supposed to be able to be, feel comfortable. I'm here to learn. Yeah, I'm supposed to be safe here. It speaks very much to the, the... I don't know if it's the right way to frame it, but I guess the only way I can think of it is like that white male dominant mm. perspective, right? Like what white men do is understandable in any given situation, right? Like I got in a fight, I got five, five days of suspension. It was handed down, but there were no records. It wasn't anything, you know, serious, but of course I was in a private school and private schools do things Mm -hmm. differently. Generally speaking, if I get into a fight because someone called you the N word, they'd be like, Hey, good job. Like way to stand up. Right. That's a they good example. Like I feel like that's a good example. Uh, another one would be like the Panthers and the Klan. Yes. Like, like the Klan, like it's just it exists. And, Still, and it's barely even questioned. It's not even. It's not even. The Panthers were literally systematically yeah. dismantled. Like, the, the Panthers were yeah. essentially white blood cells trying to defend itself and its community. Right. Yes. Like it was yes. using weapons that were legal because yes. we believe that. We we believe in the Second, Second Amendment, Amendment. Right. equally, right? Right. So they should be able to have them, except for the NRA. It's like, nah, I don't, I don't know about the black dudes having the guns. But though. here's the thing, <laughs> I like, I've actually, in my quest for knowledge to try to understand people and things, I read like the Constitution, and so it's a good read. A bit it, confusing. At it's times. exhausting. <laughs> I mean, it was literally exhausting. <laughs> But what I gained from that is the knowledge of that doesn't pertain to us. And by us, I mean the black men Mm -hmm. or people. Because still on the books, we are not whole men. So that Second Amendment does not pertain to us. Mm -hmm. So all this, you guys running around here with guns and you have the right to bear arms and licenses and all that. uh, No, you don't. It's a sad but honest truth. So I just like it's. It's it's the truth. I don't even I don't even know how to either other way. I can't even explain it. No, I mean it's like there's so many things that Keith texted me this morning, wanted to talk about sins of the past, and we can still talk about it later. But this country hasn't reconciled any of its sins. Oh no, it never will. I mean, you think about the three fifths compromise, right? And it it still, to your point, hasn't been. It's called a compromise. Like who was in that room? Like, who was like, I'll take three. Who's trying, trying to get you two of this? Right? <laughs> I'll take three. Yeah. I'll take three. <laughs> who's, who's in there? Just is like, okay, that'll work. But it hasn't been, to your point, yeah. like reconciled. Like, okay, the, was the, the yes. 16th Amendment um, is out that claims all men are created equal, but it does not say this, this piece no longer applies to anything ever in the future yeah. of all things, right? Like it needs to be stricken. It needs to be, and that's it. Like just because it was written doesn't mean right. it can't be unwritten, right? And I get there's sanctity and having stability in, in laws, but certain things can be that's changed. Like, that's the beauty of that's, the Constitution. That, I, honestly, right? Like, 
there's a funny point that I have. Uh, it's funny that you bring that up because I was just watching uh, the conclusion of the Aaron Hernandez inside of inside the mind of a murderer. Oh, I haven't, haven't seen, seen it. Yet. I haven't seen it. Yet. So I, I don't want to. I, I don't. I, it's, you see his hat. He's a all yeah. things New England. Guy. I don't want to ruin it. But that is one of the most fascinating stories I have ever. I've seen it told. I've seen this is the third piece I've seen it told like but this mm-hmm. one is the most thorough like they did a what Netflix, Netflix. and before yeah. that it was on uh I don't want to get it wrong but it was on some cable network you could watch on demand and before that it was on like court TV or something but those are all the watered down ones uh this one this yeah. one delves in, like really really deep into like his psyche his upbringing uh, why he was the way he was. It, it's just really so. But to my point was, when he died, when he killed himself, uh, there was a loophole in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. See, people don't know the difference between a Commonwealth and a state. Those laws are vastly, vastly different. Mm. And so, since he had been acquitted of the first two murders, and was on uh, up for retrial on the Odin Lloyd murder. Somebody whispered to him. I don't know who. I'm I'm not going to try to implicate, but somebody gave him legal advice that if he died while that happened, while that was pending, he would be exonerated on those charges, which happened. And by that, he was able to secure the, the, uh, the, a better life for his wife and daughter. He was in null and void uh, the clause that the Pats had in place that... Uh, would take his 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 pension, pension. or his, his money away, so he they were able to get the money, but at the same time, I didn't know mm. this. Um, his Odin Lloyd's mother petitioned and uh, rallied and got that law abolished, and so then they reversed mm. that decision. I didn't know they could do this, and now he is still on the books as a convicted murderer, and so he loses that money. I mean, even something that simple like. I find it very difficult sometimes to explain the experience, like what it's like being black. Like, oh, like, because, like, by all accounts, I had it pretty easy and good growing up in Indiana. Like, tons of racism all around, but for a lot of reasons, like, I just didn't even notice it, or I notice it now that I look back. And people are like, well, like, you're educated, you went to college, this, that, the other. Like, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. And it's, but it's little things like I gotta, like there's that extra, there's this like extra edge, like any room I'm in, like I've either I had to prove my way in there, mm-hmm. or I feel like I have to continue to, mm-hmm. and that's just, and that's just one little thing, mm-hmm. that's just one, mm-hmm. but like that, that's what really stuck out in that fight. I mean, obviously him calling you nigger, like that's, that's I've oh. never had that, I've never had that experience, I, bro. Let me tell you. I, I guess, cool. I'm pretty sure in my in, in, in my line of work, um, I, 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 I you hear that? No, right? I, I mean, well, yeah, well, amongst friends. man, because I, I am a barber to the elite. Usually, it, tra- it I, yeah. I have to travel, so usually I'm the only black person on the plane. Uh, if I'm if I'm flying if I'm flying southwest and I happen to have 
I get up to the board to the, you know, we have to uh, get on in, in the A's, line up in the A's or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, um, somebody will just come stand in front of me, assuming that they have that a, a higher boarding position than I do. But I have A1, so you can't be higher than me. <laughs> and they're always like that, or well, what do you, or, they, or that is the, a hell of an assumptive move. So I, I was going to ask you this because we have different experiences with black men because I'm a little very innocuous, friendly looking black dude, like the least scary looking black dude you're ever going to see. Oh, me too, though. Yes, but you're all 6'3". Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so like, you know, so when it happens to that's why that's how I know it's subtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, when, when it happens right? to me, like, like when people just yeah. walk by me or walk into me or stand in front of me like I'm not there and I'm the biggest blackest thing in the room i know what that is <laughs> you don't have to tell me i you right. know it's a feeling you didn't see me uh even when i'm in the market um yeah. uh, uh my lady ha- has a home in a a very like a suburb it's, you know it's a nice area very nice uh just just to quantify how nice it is in their veggie section they literally have like thunderstorms and lightning like uh flashes when they uh wet the, <laughs> when, the it, when it's misting when it's misting. like when it literally like, oh, at home. like it's like a rain for eyes that's how i have never repugnant. i stay at whole food i've never like, I, did they demo just that and say, "Hey, you guys, Bro, you guys think that's exactly this what I, that was my, to it. it was the <laughs> silliest thing I had ever seen. I had to. I said, "What is this?" I had to get it on tape. And yeah, what, like, what, it's literally raining. It's a thunderstorm in LA. It depends. I was uh, shopping. Uh, my lady had a, a friend over, and I went to go buy a couple of bottles of wine. She charcuterie and whatnot. Charcuterie, patisserie. So this gentleman in front of me, I'm I'm saying gentleman with all the disdain in my voice, in front of me, huh? No work today for you, huh? Now, Mike, this guy looks like Shaggy Adams has on like a Bermuda shirt, like a Hawaiian shirt, like unbuttoned, long hair, uh, look like he, like a beach bum. And uh-huh. he's like, no work, for, no work for you today, huh? I said, uh, actually, I'm off. Oh, so. Just, just the the audacity of a white man. Just, he just goes. So, what do you do? Hey. Now, typically, I don't like to tell people what I do because it turns into like a litany of questions. Yeah, yeah. Who do you know and who all that? Know. But today, I had time. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I can do that. Since you're worried about my bottle, buying all these bottles of bo- bottles of wine, and let me just it's like, let me just tell you so uh he's like uh i'm like i'm a contractor he's like oh, oh what kind of contract i said i said i was a private contractor he's like uh what kind of uh, what kind of contract do you i said i'm actually a barber he's like oh hmm. so you you must i think i said i was a barber to the stars i think i said that mm-hmm. so he was like oh so you must you know mm-hmm. you must do pretty well for yourself i said yeah i'm blessed and i smiled this is why i have all these bottles of wine and charcuterie in the middle of the day on monday while you're worried about what i'm doing Right. So then he says, well, uh, so it was a test. Now, everybody in line is listening to me now sure. because he's put all the light on me. Mm-hmm. So and with the black guy, he's like, oh, so you must do pretty well for yourself. You know what I'm saying? I, I could imagine that that runs, you know, like he throws out a figure he, that he just 
imagine is what I get paid, like like five hundred bucks or something like that, right? And I was like, yeah, about that, you know, maybe a little bit more. So I'm just humoring him now. Yeah. yeah. So he takes it a step further and says, "So who was the last famous person that you cut?" I'm 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 annoyed at this point. Yeah, now, now you're trying, now to, get trying to get proof. I got a valid. Uh, I got to validate what I'm saying. Uh, I just throw uh, uh, Nelly, so everybody in the line is like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And they all go back to their. They go back to doing what you're doing. Crush. Yeah, yeah. Next. Yeah. So now yeah. I get up to the front of the line, and they're asking me, "Do I want to donate to cancer?" The five bucks, and you didn't just ran down my my salary, who I just cut, and I'm, I can't deny that. So I was just a, just a whole conundrum. Now you were just <laughs> on so many different levels. It's like, dude, take but, but the audacity of this man, yeah, to look at me. I'm a grown ass man. I have gray in my beard. I like cheese. A 25 year old son in February. You're gonna tell me. You're gonna ask me. I'm not going to work today. You you're not at work. So I cannot, you cannot no, be like, at work. I, I, have to, yeah. I have to be at yeah. work. So what's the calculation in your mind to not say that? Like, instead of, I mean, I appreciate the kindness because I think that's the best way that it just it may bother some people. Like, you should have hit them or you should have been like, well, you got dreads. Like, what do you do? Why are you not at work? What's your calculation to have uh, not gone that Typically, way? it is, I take pride in being able to talk somebody into a corner. Because he thought he was going to mm. be able to talk me into a corner. He probably thought, from what I can infer from all his line of questioning, was that I was lying. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the truth yeah. needs no explanation. So, yeah. I would say the thing that would keep me, well, I'm not actually, I'm super unconfrontational that's number one but number two white fragility is real <laughs> yes like i i don't know how often i find myself and it's, it's the weirdest feeling now that i i know that i'm feeling it because like a lot of my life i did it and didn't realize it mm -hmm. but like i'm protecting the person i'm talking to from getting their feelings hurt mm -hmm. while they're trampling my rights for mm -hmm. my existence in a room mm -hmm. And this goes kind of back to self-care, like understanding self enough to realize like what well, something like that's happening. And it's interesting you both said that um, because my thought would have been, well, if I do something as a black man, I'm going to get arrested. Or if I say something, the I people mean, behind me are going to. Always judge. possible. Yeah, no, I, I never. Not part of the calculation. No, I. Um, people you talk about. I, I, I honestly, I, it never. It, I was more annoyed at the audacity of of, of just the line of questioning, yeah. and um, yeah, the fact that I know I live a better life than him was enough satisfaction for me. I think like that usually. That's how I I have more to lose. We we actually we interviewed a woman, a white woman from San Diego recently, and she actually got me thinking about this even a different way. She was like, "Man, like speech like that, like him, like that's hate speech, mm -hmm. like." For him to even, to your point, have the audacity to ask that question, mm -hmm. but like everything behind it, mm -hmm. saying like you don't belong here, mm -hmm. like you should be working, mm -hmm. you like, mm -hmm. and to speak up and say it, and it happens, it happens in in at work mm -hmm. when, uh, I think the example we use was in like uh, there's an interview and there's a black dude in the interview loop or a black woman or whatever, mm -hmm. and then white dude doesn't get it. 
And the response is, uh, the response is, uh, what was, oh, questioning that person's um, skill. Mm. And like, and she was yeah. like, like how hateful that is. Because like, if it was another white dude that they lost it to, they would never ask that question. They would, it would just be like, oh, well, oh you know, fair and square. I lost. Yeah. Like, you know, they had a better day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, did they just, were they given that? Like, do they even deserve it? That's the truth. Yeah. That is honestly good. That's true. In this, this subtle institutional, it's not even institutional, it's cultural behavior, right? That doesn't happen from everybody, right? So every white person out here don't think you're a racist because, you know, mm-hmm. they're yeah. a bigot, right? Yeah. But this is real. True. These are real circumstances. These are my life, life experiences. Our fellow brethren do have, talk about that subtle one. You mentioned it. How often? Oh, let's really go back well to that. Well spoken. That well spoken. Like explain. Like you said, how often? And this is kind of like when Rodney says, "You would be surprised how often people at work still touch my hair," which boggles my mind. That's crazy. I can't even imagine that. Man, I can't. If I had two bits <laughs> for every time I was told that, I would not have to. Rodney wouldn't have to work. <laughs> like if it was many times as I've been told that. Like, what what kind of, like, when do people say, like, what's the context? Yeah. How does this come up? But it's just, this no, but see, this is the problem. I'm curious. He, he walks in the room. I'm the blackest and, guy in the room. And then he starts talking. It's like, yeah. oh, he's educated. Yeah. Like, and, and, and I'll say it's messed up because, like, I, I'll walk into the barbershop and, like, everybody in there is educated. And I'll even have moments where I'm like, oh, like, I did not expect yeah. that Negro. <laughs> like, I did not, like, I didn't expect it. So I know for a fact that. Yeah, the, yeah, the, uh, yeah, the, the latter is never going to, man, I, but like I tell you, usually I'm in a place of, um, my job affords me to, or costs me to be in places of privilege. You know what I'm saying? Wherever I am, mm-hmm. if I'm in Houston, Baltimore, uh, Atlanta, uh, I always say, that I like a place, but I'm saying that I, I probably like it because I'm always in the best part of the town. Right, so. right. <laughs> so it's like yeah. whatever. But um, man, no matter where I am, it's it's usually they want to talk to me. Uh, my lady and I were at dinner the other day. They as in white people. Yes. <laughs> I just um, want to clarify for those. My my lady and I were at dinner the other day, and uh, we were ordering. A woman took it upon herself to tell us what to order. She's ear hustling with my conversation. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm having a like, oh, sitting at another. It wasn't a wait. It wasn't wait staff. It was a wait. We were at Ruth right. Chris in Woodland Hills. I had never been to this place a day before in my life, and we sat at the bar. and And generally, it was an overall extremely pleasant experience. Other than this lady, who was just very uh, invasive. That's a kibitzer's kibitz. Like she leaned over from her table into your conversation like there was no eye contact there was no because you know how sometimes you my lady sitting to the left of me just like how you are yeah and i'm sitting here but we of course of course we're closer the lady is next to her and says you know i, I think you should get the it's delicious and like she my lady also ordered the potatoes i gratin. uh excuse me she even goes so far as to hand her the salt and pepper shake is, I think it needs more salt. So you probably should get more salt on it. Wow. It was just like, and my, you know, that's, she's tapping, my lady's tapping me on the leg, like, come on, man. That's I said, a kid. She's getting on my damn nerves. Like, <laughs> the, uh, that, another, the audacity of you, like, we're just 
how do you know we did? You don't know if she has high sodium. Right, right. Like, you don't know. <laughs> like, I don't even like salt. <laughs> I asked for no salt on my agrat, actually. Right. How do you discern between mm. conscious thought and unconscious? Like, just, just reading the person? Like, is that is it just a read on them? Um, instinct, uh, gut, or uh, intuition? You know, it's uh, it's it's not hard. And you know, uh, this word vibe gets thrown around so much lately. Mm-hmm. When it actually is the word is vibration. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not hard to uh feel someone's vibration uh, with their intent of of verbiage. Like, you don't. Y'all can feel when someone's bullshitting me or yeah. uh, being patronizing. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, don't you just patronize like, me? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that yeah. You can just feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I try. I try to. Uh, oh, go ahead. Finish your thought. I've been told that looking people in the eye is uh, a little disrespectful. Really? I've been told that. I, I get turned off by people that don't look at me in the is eye. Is it because you're? Because you're a black man and you're, you're supposed to look at the ground? <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> but even a woman no, has told now. me that. Because there, there's been people that have come to my home and kind of like just not really made eye contact with me or just not really. And I was just like, oh, I don't know about them. I That's feel like it says something about your own confidence and ability to like, because it is an awkward experience looking somebody in the eyes if you're not confident yep. and if you're lying. Or you're not, or you're not, or you're not genuine. Like, what is your intent? history? But it also says something like maybe your culture. Yeah, I think there are some family. cultures that don't. Do maybe oh, they're, they're only doing that to I mean, like the higher the hierarchy. You oh, that's the true. hierarchy. Yeah, and that's a respect, respect. like a, not even just respect, like a oh, level, like a I can't. Yeah, I right. can't look you in your eye. You're, yeah, I'm not allowed to look. Yeah, you're, you're, you're the master, right? I'm 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 like we do a lot of this uh, you know, culture conversation and this um, concept of not assuming intent is like. Mm-hmm. pervasive in everything i think these days because we talk about it a lot like that's one of those situations where like i get it but it could be a thousand mm-hmm. things that i could never understand right um, why someone might not be making eye contact and then there are the ones that you know the vibration this is wrong. Like, yeah you know, this is I, this you know is what wrong. you you've, you've enlightened me because i would normally just dismiss it as this is off but i might have to take another perspective of that they just don't have the tools well, see, that's why but I, I like, feel like that's an insult. Yeah. Right. Well, like, somebody lacking tools. Hmm. You think? You think that's an insult? I, like internally, want... that's what you feel when when you hear. Right. Someone to think you. Oh, so this kind of gets in. I know you want to do something, but could kind of get into the conversation about repeating yeah, oneself. Yes. Uh, you said you when we sat down, you don't like repeating yourself, and I said mm-hmm. I don't like repeating myself. <laughs> Yeah, I I loathe. So I, why I, don't you like it, G? Because it's, I think it's the first thing that came to mind was respect. Um, and another under that re- umbrella is, if I had to repeat myself, you weren't listening. And uh, I think that's what I, the immediate comes up for me. Yeah, you weren't listening. What about you? Oh, I think for me it's totally different. Um, I have this thing that I'm trying to manage through is this is it's almost a a false humility or a, a self-deprecation where if I know something, someone else should know it. Like everybody knows it. So if I told you something and the fact that I know it 
Uh, and it shouldn't be hard for you to pick it up because, well, it's there. And now that you haven't, now it's like, I, I, it's almost like it was a reflection on me and like, just pick it up. I don't want to repeat myself. And it's actually something I'm significantly rooted in a lot of things that I'm trying to work out. But yeah. And what I realized, though, what I realized, just to close on, that that response that I have is very much all about me. What's well, so my the response? Not about response. anybody else. Yeah, like, it's me as so well. The follow-up question is: Do you ever ask people no, okay, to repeat? I'm themselves? just saying I've realized. Right. Do you ever ask people to repeat themselves? Oh, a, I do. Yeah, all you the know, time. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm not going to say I haven't, mm-hmm. but I don't. Do you? Is it because you just generally like? Because there's times I just don't hear stuff. So like, are you just? more tuned in or if you didn't hear it you're like yeah i don't know it's probably a little bit of both yeah. <laughs> i don't like, want them to be because if you are listening it was being real right now uh easily ice man dealing with the public as i used to uh, not so much now uh, uh there are a lot of idiots in the mm. world you just sit back and you just i told on my thumbs i just like god this is it you're a bumbling idiot. And I probably don't really want to listen to what you have to say anyway. Mm. I shouldn't be like that. That's that's a guilty. I mean, it is what it like should or should. Somebody told somebody told us, um, I actually didn't tell us, they told me like we shouldn't say should, which I just said shouldn't to say what you should. Yeah, you shouldn't say should. Why do you um, think you shouldn't feel that way? Because it goes back to respect. That's the first thing off my mind. Um, and respect is, uh, I think everybody deserves to be respected, no matter what. Even if they are more simple or less simple knowledge. Or, even if you or, think. Or, or just, there are assholes powerful. in this world. Yeah. Just really rotten, just dark people in this world. Even they deserve respect, you know, until. Mm-hmm. You don't. So I just, yeah, yeah. I just, I just, uh, I try to give people respect all the time. Yeah. That's, that's a real practice of mine that I'm really, that's something that I'm really holding on. Yeah. Because it's easy, it's easy to dismiss somebody or not see someone. Even, you know what I'm saying? Like when you, like you said, you go to restaurants and you see the busboy. I treat them with the same respect as the the guy that's cooking the food. Mm -hmm. For sure. I think it's an ego thing because I feel like the ego wants separation. Like it wants to be able to say, oh, well, that, 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 she's an idiot. I'm smarter okay. than her or I'm better than him or I'm, well, at least that's what it feels like for me. Let me ask. Totally feels the same way for me. And like, and here's the thing like, I feel what you're saying as a past self. Right, like, because you know, Rodney and I talk a lot about the last mm-hmm. work we've done over the last couple of years. <laughs> Everybody, like, goodness gracious, could I be more of a prick when I think about other people? And it's just those thoughts pop in. And you talk about the word "should." Like, no, I don't. I don't want them because, okay, maybe I'm smarter than you, but maybe you're smarter than me in something else, and you right. and you know something I just haven't figured it out yet. And whatever you're talking about, we just haven't connected. Our, right. We haven't reverberated off of each other, right? Like, yeah. it's just not there. So you're just moving things along. Maybe you're an idiot. And maybe you're an idiot. But either way, 
cares? Like you're living a life the same way I'm trying to live a life. You're going to die. I'm going to die. Like, and all of this is true. Uh, definitely right? a so little more respect. I was going to ask you guys, do you, they, I think you test, you asked my question. Mm -hmm. Do you find yourself talking to somebody and feeling like you're smarter than them? So, and that's, this is a very, this is a very hard question because it takes you being brutally honest with yourself about so often. And I used to pride myself or yeah, I would pride myself. Like this was the crown jewel of my character was being the smartest person in the room, which is weird because I think there was, it was somewhat rooted in feeling like I wasn't that smart, but I worked hard to attain some knowledge. So I always wanted to be like, prove myself to be the smartest in the room in the conversation in the whatever, especially if it meant like deriding somebody and putting somebody else down in order to prove that. Mm -hmm. And so now, now it's more of a recognition. Now, now, now it's like, I can tell when I'm more intellectually gifted than somebody <laughs> or if i'm more spiritually tuned in than somebody or if i'm less frankly like if i'm outmatched in a conversation i know it and i'm able to use it to speak to the level of the person that i'm talking to now that's very very well said i i that was very well said i i, yeah. I wouldn't even would you say well spoken with... no very well said. <laughs> yeah. that was very well said no, and it's interesting on that note, like awareness. to Rodney's point, it's an awareness now because it does not change. Like I still think it, I still have the same feelings. If I'm in a situation and I'm just like, oh man, and it happens to me at work, right? Like this, there are some, but I'm aware of it. And sometimes it has to go so far as like, Rodney, I need to tell you about something. And then he, mm -hmm. just the other day, remember oh, yeah. I called you the other day and I told you that story. I you into that call specifically because I, I was hoping to get the response that you gave but like do you, are you assuming their intent like are you, are you just because it's one of those things mm -hmm. i know what i'm doing right now and i don't want to so but i can't it's fixing these things takes a long time it's like bias you can't just turn a bias off you have to be aware of it enough yeah. to counter it and do it over and over and over and over again and that's kind of what the, this is my biggest bias is thinking i'm someone that's dumb and then i disrespect them or I don't give them the yeah. credence and when I'm a, I should. As and then if I layer on top of that, and I'm curious what your take. I mean, you said you said that was well said. Do you agree? Like, is that similar for you, G? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, like I said, you. I speak several languages, and five of them are different English. <laughs> <laughs> good English, bad English, good English, bad English, uh, Spanglish. Uh, Ebonics, no, uh, you, you, like you said, you definitely have to uh, know your audience. Yeah. And uh, like I said, try to be conscious of not making somebody feel inadequate or less than. I always want people to, like it goes back to people just remember how you make them feel. Mm -hmm. um, there's been so many times I've been out and somebody said, I know you from somewhere. I said, well, it must have been a good feeling because you would have been, been punching me by now. Huh. I, you know, but. I always try to make people feel good. So I, let's loop this back to self-care for a minute. I, I wait, just super quick. Well, super quick. Because I know that I know that when okay. I when yeah. I'm not my best self, that's when I'm likely to go into that, like and go and then go into somebody. Because like 
it used to be my armor. Like if I knew I was smarter than somebody, I would let them know. And it usually was not nice that I I'm I'm better than you in this situation or in this conversation or in the whatever. That's deep. And so it was like armor. And then now back to self-care, the reason I think it's so important for me to get my meditation, to get my journaling, to get my prayer, to get my workout, to get my nutrition, to get my sleep is because when I'm missing those, that asshole side can show up like that. I'm more likely to yeah, fall. Like I was saying, how could, you be yeah. the, uh, how could you be good to somebody if you're not good to yourself? Right. You literally can't. Like you the cannot. cup is empty. Yeah. Like I'm running off a of three hours of sleep. I can't, I can't take care of you I right now. The capacity. Yeah. I think what I love about this part of the conversation specifically is like our entire platform is around giving people respect, mm -hmm. learning and hearing their story, understanding that everybody has one and we can have a conversation with anybody at any time. And the recognition in this dialogue, like it's not easy for us all the time. Like the journey, we're still on it to be better at it. And uh, it's, 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 uh, I appreciate we have to. And that question is one last question. What would you leave our listeners with? What 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 would you yeah? What would your advice, your sage wisdom? Uh, to touch on what Keith, I'll piggyback on what you said. This is, this life is a journey. Uh, there's going to be ups and downs, highs and lows, um, but you should enjoy the ride and enjoy it with integrity and give people respect that you want to respect yourself for sure. That's definitely what I, that I just respect is always what I want to underscore.